0: Welcome to Ink and Magic, a podcast where we read and discuss the writing craft, world-building, and romance of paranormal and fantasy novels. If you love books with bite, set in worlds of magic and mayhem, then you're in the right
1: place. My name's Nakisha Shanae. I go by an S.
0: And I'm Leslie. I write as Elle Penelope. And welcome to the show. Welcome back to our latest episode of Ink and Magic. Yes, welcome back, everybody. We're
1: so excited that you're here with us, and we hope that you have enjoyed the next entry in the side changeling series, *Branded by Fire*, which is Mercy and Riley's story.
0: Yeah, we're at book six. We are moving right along, and this is our first interchangeling species mm-hmm. romance. Yep, which is fascinating. So Mercy is a sentinel from the Dark River Leopard pack, and Riley, who we met before, is Brenna's brother. And he's the top lieutenant of the Snow Dancer Wolves. And they are both dominant. They're both high ranking. And that is the source of most of their conflict in this book. You know what I'm
1: thinking immediately? I wish, I kind of wish that Nalini Sang had did like a, a, a family chart or a pack chart. Right. Yeah. At some point, um, Riley and Hawk are joking around in this book and they're talking about when they were younger. And it seems like they're the same age. Right. But in my mind, Hawk is like a silver fox.
0: Well, he has silver hair, but I think he's like 38, they said in a previous book, Mm. or something is late 30s. Now, I have no idea how old Riley is. I assume maybe he's the same age cuz it did seem like they were the same yeah but we don't know exactly how old riley is i
1: remember this line cuz see they were it was uh, hawk was 7 and they were doing they were up to some mischief and hawk was like you were right there by me riley and i was like how old yeah how old are you
0: we were told hawk's age in a previous book and i recall it being in the late in his late 30s cuz lucas is like 32 the alpha of the upwards. and i don't know how old mercy is but she can't be that much younger I mean, so this is, yeah, we're not given those details. Yeah. But I did notice that too, that they were the same age. Doesn't matter so much, but still, in my head, Hawk is older. Right. And he gets that energy because he's gruff and he mm. does have the hair that's the same color as his wolf, which is silver and gold. And so he probably just says a premature gray, or that's just how he was born. But he, do, he does seem older.
1: Plus, I'm always listening to the audiobook, I'm an audio first reader. And the narrator, her choice when she's doing his voice is she goes kind of gruffer and deeper. And it feels like older person in mm-hmm. my in my ears. And that will become important probably when we get to his book. Exactly. exactly how old he is. Exactly. That is very important. Well, in this book, you start to see. That's we'll true. get there. But yeah. you start to see why his age is about to matter. But we digress, as we often do. <laughs> this is Mercy and Riley. And the first thing that we are, uh, there's the prologue.
0: Yeah, which we don't get a lot of new information. It just kind of sets the scene again. So it's slightly different than previous prologues, but it's just kind of drawing us into this world. And I wonder if maybe there was a longer gap between these books or it's just a nice stage setting, I guess you could say.
1: Yes, but the real, the real when the, when the heroine comes onto the stage, one of the first things that we learn about her is Mercy. Of course, she's a dominant female. And she's worried, and we heard about we heard her voice this back in Dorian's book mm-hmm. because she's the last unmated sentinel, mm-hmm. but she is the only female sentinel, right? And she's dominant, and she ta- she wants a mate, but it's going to be tricky for her because she's a dominant female, and she's not going to respect a man who submits to her, but also neither is she going to bow down to a man who's more dominant than her. her. So she's kind of like, it might not happen for me.
0: Right. And apparently that's common for these, you know, female leopard who female leopards who are dominant, that they sometimes they don't get mated because they can't find that perfect match. And that's the core of the conflict between these two characters during this book.
1: Yeah. So very soon after we meet Mercy, we meet Riley, who is also dominant and, It's there on from jump.
0: Chapter one, sex. (laughs) Sex scene in chapter one of these books.
1: Good job, Nalini Singh. Right?
0: It's super hot. Like, you know, Mercy, it's been a while for Mercy. And changelings need touch. They need sex. So she's kind of having some problems. And Riley apparently senses that. We're told a lot. We know that they've been working together uh, because as liaisons for their packs. And we're told they've butted heads that they're kind of antagonists. We see a little bit of their conflict, but we don't see on the page. Their history of of butting heads, but he follows her from somebody's wedding or something, some kind of celebration where both packs were there, and they just get it on in the woods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> much. Yes, Riley. Again, we said he's dominant, and he pins her, but she still, even though he pins her, and they're rolling around, she won't submit, and they have rough
0: sex. But it's, I was like clutching my pearls a bit, okay. <laughs> but it wasn't. Like Mercy was into it, like she yes. the roughness, whatever. Sensual. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and she, I guess she kind of sensed that this was growing between them. I don't know. Everybody, all the men seem to understand that Mercy needs to get laid because of their <laughs> senses, you know, their tangling <laughs> senses. And I guess Riley's like, I'm up for the task.
1: Yes, and he, uh, it's 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 very in a, it's very in a sense BDSM where he tries he's trying to dominate her. He's like, he's tries to make her say his name and
0: and she's like, no, no, okay. <laughs> I didn't get any B- BSM vibes. It wasn't quite that intense hmm. for me, but it was just like a give and take, and you got to see that they're equals and that yeah, she's not going to submit that he's very dominant, very hard, and she understands this and she's worried about it because what we said, like her her leopard won't allow her to either be dominated or to deal with somebody who's too weak. But yeah, I didn't get that he was really trying to dominate her per se. It was just that hmm. they were both at equal levels of intensity and they were just kind of going for it.
1: Yeah, Tim, I, and I did. And I did get BDSM vibes because they because they are both dominants. Mm-hmm. And it was like two DOMs clashing against each other. Mm. And you're gonna you're gonna hear mercy at some point she's going to say he might have an inch of dominance over me, but she was not going to let him have that inch. Just as he's marking her, she is marking him with her claws, And she's like, no, I'm not going, even though this is great. I'm not going down like that. So that's, it was like a power play to me, but Mm -hmm. neither one of them wanted to um, transfer that power Mm -hmm. to the other. So that's why I got that. Um, so that happens. This chapter one, sex all here for it, but it's not just the males that are sensing Mercy's need. Her grandma, all the way in Brazil, also <laughs> senses this need. Her grandma is an alpha. She's the alpha of the pack in um, in Brazil. And Grandma's like, "I'm sending you two sentinels." So she starts
0: to match make. <laughs> Matchmaking grandmas, we love it, right? (laughs) Of course, Mercy is not on board with this plan. She's like, please do not send these people here. She's like, too late. They're on the way. They'll be there directly. I already cleared it with everyone, with the alpha. Yeah, because
1: Lucas knows that she needs to, Lucas is basically like, you need to take care of this problem. Right. And so there are now three territorial males on her, at Mercy's house, like surrounding her house. And a fight is about to break up. And smart woman that she is. She's like I could kick your butts, but instead she's like
0: chase me. Oh yeah. And she's fast, but she knows how fast Riley is also. So, and it's interesting that when when um he's chasing her, is that where she's like at first she she leads, you know, she she's ducking and diving and she's you know trying to get him off. And then she thinks that she won and she's disappointed that he wasn't up to the task. There were two chases. And okay. I think that I think that was the second one because so. I think
1: the first time she leads him back to his territory. Okay. She leaves the Brazilian dudes in the
0: dust. Mm-hmm.
1: And then okay. But then I think really quickly after they they it becomes another chase. And then that happens where she gets disappointed. She's like, Oh no, I think I outsmarted him. <laughs> this is so awful. But no, Riley Riley is her match. He is right. literally her match, and he finds her, he conquers her,
0: he pounces, and she's like, yes, yes! (laughs) But I mean, yes, even though she's, like, um, accepting him, she's still low-key concerned about this whole dominance issue, and she's still annoyed by him. I think that, you know, his nickname apparently is The Wall, and he's very stoic, and she is the opposite, she's very, like, vivacious, and so they're also, its opposites attract and she's kind of annoyed by him being so stoic and taking so much time to think things through and being so deliberative. And that's just not how she approaches life at all.
1: So there's opposites attract. There's matchmaking granny. There's, there's competition with the two Sentinels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they have a sex comp- contract. Do they really? Well, yeah, they make uh, friends with benefits. We're really enemies with benefits okay. packed where she's like, okay, look, until we find, each find our mates. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now, they don't They don't think that the other one is their mate because they're looking for something different. Riley is looking for a submissive and Mercy is not. And Mercy is also not submissive. So they're like, let's keep scratching each other's itch until we find our mates. And both of them are like that. Okay.
0: The other point that we haven't mentioned is that Wolf versus Leopard, like they are apparently natural enemies. Now their, their packs have this alliance that we've had since book one or probably before book one, but in an individual level, it's like, I can't deal with a wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, she's very, and later on her family is kind of the same mm-hmm. way where they have these preconceived notions about wolves versus leopards. And that's not the ideal mate for her or match for her in any way.
1: Right. The, their, their species are not ideal for each other, but also their level of dominance because they start mm-hmm. to, as they're, as they engage in this sex contract, um, they both start to question their preferences because they're into each other. Yeah. And Riley wants a maternal female who'll stay who'll stay safe inside the compound. But Mercy protect. needs a strong male who won't ask her to submit to him. And that's not
0: Riley. And, and and won't ask her and won't try to protect her. And mm-hmm. she knows that Riley is a born protector. That's part of his nature, but she is strong and she's made sentinel, this high rank. So she, A, doesn't need protection and B, her leopard won't allow her to just to be at home, you know, being protected by her Absolutely. man. That's not and how she is. And we'll circle back around to that.
1: But I want to point out that um, during this contract, they, and it's not a literal <laughs> signed, written down <out> contract, <laughs> of course. Um, it was made in the heat of the moment. But Riley, remember, Riley is Brenna's older brother, and he is still having PTSD over her abduction. And at some point, he goes to Mercy in the night. They have the sex contracts now, but he doesn't, it's, that's not what
0: he's looking for. He just needs the comfort of her. He still has, he has nightmares. This is his wound. Riley's wound is that he couldn't protect his sister. And so the, once again, not being able to protect a woman that he cares about becomes an issue. And it is a really sweet scene when he comes. They have that kind of universal fantasy of sleeping together but not having sex, where he, she, he, he is getting comfort and she's offering comfort because she is a nurturer also. As much as she's a, a soldier, she's still a nurturer and she understands what he needs and she gives it to him. She does um and the next
1: morning um she gets a call from her alpha because there's trouble and it's trouble Re- remember riley and mercy are the liaisons between the packs so they have to deal whenever there's inter-pack trouble and there's with this alliance there's some like zones where the cubs can um like the juveniles can go out and like play and they're they're having dominance games but um there's a uh, an op where he's like hmm, this is going to be dangerous. I'm not calling her. And she finds out.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the sub, there's a subplot happening where there's these this lynx family and there's a little girl. The, the parents were attacked by, it turns out, to be humans. And this little girl is found, is found. And her brother, her older brother who's in college, has been kidnapped. And so the little girl that they find, the lynx girl, you know, it triggers Riley's protective instincts also. So he's kind of dealing with that situation. They find these humans that have... Kidnapped this uh, college student for reasons that are not super important, I don't think, in terms of the rest of the book. I mean, we do find out why. But uh, so they have to negotiate with his kidnapper at this point. And yeah, it all just goes back to his wound. And so when he discovers something related to this kidnapping that might be dangerous, there might be a situation, He, even though they're partners and they're supposed to share everything, he doesn't. And she just, she's done. She actually breaks up with him at that point. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't do this anymore we're over, you don't respect me as a soldier, we are equals in this partnership. And he knows pretty quickly he messed up, but his wolf is just so, like the desire to protect is so strong that I don't think he could really help himself in that moment.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting because his wolf has the desire to protect. And hers has the desire to almost like go in and pounce, go in and figure out what's wrong, go in and help, go in and save. So they are at like opposite ends of kind of the exact same spectrum. They want the same goal, but they're coming at it Hmm. from different sides. And it's this whole this this is what fascinates me so much about this story. It's about this dominant woman. And you know, you know, or at least you feel that she is she's probably gonna be the one to submit, she's probably gonna be the one to. To crack, to break, and it starts to become a conversation. And she's like, "I don't want to. Like, why do I have to
0: do it?" Right. And
1: you know how people. There's that saying um, about dimming your light for somebody else, mm-hmm. and that's what was going through my head this whole book. Why are
0: strong women asked to dim their light? Yeah, and I think in in romance world, you know, if the man if the man had submitted do we want that too we didn't I mean she didn't want that either i don't think as a reader we no. want that but we also don't want mercy to have to dim her light yeah. so it is i mean it's a great conflict it's a great conundrum it 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 parallels a lot of kind of just real life stuff you know yeah. like in relationships there has to be compromise who's doing the compromising and all of the societal factors the biological factors the emotional factors that are you know that go into Okay, the woman, I was just watching this uh, Instagram video about working mothers and working mothers have to work from nine to five and come home and then do more work. and why do we have to do all the work? And I was kind of like, well, why'd you have so many children? But also,, <laughs> godlessly, that's me and my my child free uh, <laughs> cynicism. but uh, but I you know, I'm not unsympathetic to that because I know that traditionally men who work outside the home also aren't as responsible for so many duties. And those things are changing, and people's relationships they're negotiating. All the time. So you get to, you're trying to make it more equitable. But at a certain point, you know, women still are the ones, the only ones who can have the children and have to suffer the consequences. The pay gap is largely sort of a maternal gap because you have to be out of the workforce while you are having a child and then, you know, caring for this infant. So that's months and sometimes years where women can't be in the workforce. So I think that goes into this too. Because I mean, Nalini
1: Singh doesn't go anywhere near any of that. She doesn't go anywhere near Brenda getting, Brenda, Mercy uh, Mercy (laughs) getting um, pregnant, having a family. She doesn't go near anywhere. At the end, not to the very end. I don't even remember that, but I do remember that um, the conversation keeps coming up that, that, Mercy is probably not going to find someone. She's probably not going to get made it for this reason. And it just, it really annoyed me mm-hmm. that everyone was like, oh, woe is you. Woe is you. You're not going to find, you're too strong. You're not going to find anyone. Well,
0: I don't, I didn't feel like people were treating her like that. I mean, that was a fear she had and she knew it was a very real possibility. So she was a little bit pessimistic about it, but it didn't seem to me that everyone was like, oh, you're done for. You know, it was just kind of like I'm uh, done for, but they all have I felt like they all had that pessimistic thought in their mind. Like it's it it's a possi- very real possibility that is not going to work out for you. Yeah. And I think that was the genesis of her grandmother sending these sentinels up and she was ready to send more It's like, OK, you can't find someone in your pack. We're going to spread the net wider and see what we can do. But then it become that even that like I
1: was I was, of course, I'm thinking like, what's going to happen beyond that, even though that wasn't the story? Like, okay cool. So if Brenna did find um, if she had connected with one of those Brazilian guys, then what does that mean? Who is she going to Brazil now or are they going to give up their position? It's like, are you going to give up your job to come stay with me or are you expecting me to
0: give up my job to come and stay with you? Yeah. And I it seems like in changeling society the most dominant person wins whoever that is. So it's I think that Mercy was more dominant than either of those guys and they probably
1: we, we find out like Tamson says at some point um and this is this is this I'm I'm jumping around so Tamson says at some point cuz Mercy is like I, I worry like if I were to have um a a child with someone That's what I was who talking wasn't- about. Right, who wasn't a leopard? Like, would my babies be able to shift? And Tamson says, "This, that's an old wives' tale, because they believe there's an old wives' tale that if you have um, a, a a changeling child that's from two different animals, that the, it won't be able to shift." And Tamson said, "No, that's not true. What is true is the most dominant person that, that the genes will follow the most dominant person." Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So,
1: it's so it's the, the who is the, that little. Ounce of dominance that keeps coming up. And whoever is the most dominant is gonna get the boons always, it seems like. Right.
0: Yeah. And you know, I do wonder that if she had been, it would have been a very different story if Mercy was obviously a little more dominant than Riley. Mm-hmm. Would but once again, would that as romance readers, the the audience that she's writing for. Is that something that the audience would want to read about? It's
1: so care. It's such a- Nalini's saying you did a great job. You really walked a delicate tightrope mm-hmm. in making us really question this because you put these two really strong people at each other's throats. Yeah. <laughs> as we watched them fall in love. And it's oh, all- And I love how she, I felt like she made us assume that riley was going to be more dominant but there were times like my one of my favorite times is when mercy is driving them to a crime scene (laughs) and and riley is in fear
0: for his life yes because she drives so crazy but she got it done she's like what's your problem because she got it she got done and later when they're in a crisis he's like oh we need your crazy driving We need to get there and have better at this than i am and that was him changing so he over the course of this he realizes earlier than she does that they are the mating bond is starting. And you know, when once he realizes that, and he knows he has to act a certain way in order not to lose her forever because she is who she is. And he doesn't, he doesn't want to dim her light. He really doesn't. So he knows he has to get himself together, like reduce his instincts, his natural wolf instincts to always protect her if he's going to keep her. And you, see, you do see that happening over the course of the book. You do. So I know we're skipping around. We'll come back to subplots and all that stuff later. Come but ahead. I was really just, I was
1: paying most attention to the dominance uh, games between yeah. these two because it absolutely fascinated me. Um, another thing is that mercy keeps telling the brazilians to go home these two guys these two hot guys right Mm -hmm. who are like give us a chance let us let us you know sniff us out let us try and
0: she's like because they know that she's not carrying riley's scent yet so he they're the mating hasn't started at this point they see them together like not together Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. but they They know
1: together right yeah but right Because neither one of them will submit. Right. They're not carrying each other's scent. Like, their scent is on each other, but they work together. They are colleagues. They're the liaisons. Mm -hmm. So the Brazilians are like, yeah, nah, we hear you, Mercy, but you are not carrying his scent. We're going to stay until you give us a try. And they don't leave
0: until Riley comes up, being all territorial. But this is later. This is once... You know they've had their contract and they, and he, I think this is after he knows it might be he after knows. he knows the mate, the mating has started. He knows the he dance knows. has started. Know. Yeah. So, yes, he's like, it's time for y'all to get out of here. He yeah. I mean, has told them to leave several times, and they're like, Not not yet. He comes up, he's like, Okay, I can take them, but he only ends up fighting one of them because one of them's already decided to leave. And
1: in typical guy fashion, like they there's a dr- it's a knockdown drag out because these two these two males are dominant too. They're yeah. not, they're not uh slumps. Mm -hmm. and but riley gets the better of them and they shake hands and like okay we'll go that annoyed me Really, (laughs) this woman is telling you no no thank you go away and then the guy comes up and he's like get to step well
0: she could have kicked their ass and they would have left i'm sure she chose not to kick their ass because not to that's not how women solve their problems generally even when they are dominant and strong so riley came up with his testosterone was just chain, You know, testosterone is a drug. It makes your brain act strange. That's why men are the way they are. So I'm still, I'm still reading along this book.
1: And again, I know we're skipping over the subplots. We'll come back, but I'm, I'm reading this book and I'm just so fascinated with I'm trying to figure out, Nalini's saying, and I read this book 10 years ago, I completely forgot everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, Nalini, how are you going to make this work? You got these two really dominant people mm-hmm. and it it would make sense. Everybody's assuming that the woman is going to cave, but I don't think you're going to do that. right? And this is when I think I've realized that this is the solution because I don't think this is a solvable problem like globally, but Mercy had this line. She said, To Riley, she said, I'll only bend so far. If you don't meet me halfway, it won't work. And I think that is not only the lesson of this book. I think that is the lesson of relationships, regardless if they're male, female, 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 male, male, or if y'all are in like some kind of a poly situation. I think if you don't meet people halfway, it won't work. Because trying
0: to get people to bend, mm mm-mm because there's resentment there. Someone m- might bend, but that easily causes resentment if they're bending further than their partner is. So it's a dance. It's it's a back and forth. It's all about compromise, right? And yeah, I think that's that's the def- the definite lesson because someone has to move, even slightly, even an inch, you know, mm-hmm. someone has to has to move.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think for many reasons women often are the ones to move. You know, we see in this book, she is extremely compassionate. You know, he's compassionate too. And that's what draws her to him. That's one of the things we see, his ev- the evidence of that, of his softness, his ability to be soft and kind and compassionate, especially to children and people weaker than he is. But she is compassionate too. And and once she realizes that they are mated and, and she believes that she's going to have to be the one to give it up, give up her pack, give up being a sentinel, she doesn't want to. But she's still willing to do it. But he's also willing to do it, too. They're both equally willing to give up this thing that that defines their personalities because of their connection, because of love, because of mating. And so, yeah, they're both willing to bend just as much, which I think is also important in relationship. If if that's a lesson, you know, one person, you know, you can't both bend all the way because then nobody has a spine. Right. But if they're both at least willing to. That must mean something. Right. I agree. So
1: once these two, I know, and again, Leslie, I know we're skipping around. <laughs> it's okay. Once these two have both accepted the mating, they know that one of them is going to have to leave their pack and leave their alpha, mm-hmm. which is going to be devastating. Right. This is for, for, um, Mercy grew up in this pack. Like I know her, 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 one her family, I don't know if it was her father or her mother that was Brazilian. I can't yeah, remember I sure which one it was. Yeah. But she grew up in this pack, though, even though she went and she visited Brazil a lot, like she did her roaming there. Mm-hmm. She grew up with the Dark Rivers uh pack. And with um Riley same, he grew up in that pack as well. And it's like you're about to get cut off. Mm-hmm. So not only you're gonna get cut off from your family, you're gonna lose your job, you're gonna u- lose your position, you're gonna lose like part of your heart. Right. And one of them is gonna have to make this. This decision, not even decision, it's just gonna happen. It, yeah, you, you can't serve two masters.
0: Right. And I think she believes that when she accepts the mating bond, it'll just cut off her her that, connection. Because they both think that it's gonna be her. Right. Because he's a little bit more dominant. Right. Yeah. And at one point he's like, if I could do this for you, I would if there was any way for me to take the, you know, do it in, in place of you. I would. And I think that really solidifies like she's already down for him. She's already willing to make the sacrifice, but that kind of solidifies it even more knowing that he's willing to bend more, even if mm-hmm. it doesn't end up happening. So she
1: had at that point, they're, they're both grappling with it. She hasn't accepted the bond, but she knows it's there. He's all on board with these apologies that oh, I know what's going to happen to you. Right. This was my Nalini Singh girlfriend. So we talked, we've talked before about danger bangs and they're not oh. my favorite because they give me anxiety while yes. I'm reading. It's all you I'm do. thinking about. It's is danger. You're going to get caught. You're going to get hurt. Right? Stop it, stop it, stop it. Right? That's what I'm thinking about. So there's a danger bang here when Mercy accepts the mating bond. They're in the middle of a bomb about to go off. And she turns to this man. She's like, I've got something to
0: tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right? I've got a gift for you, I think. She says. Yeah, she's got a gift for you. Is it shiny? <laughs> <laughs> they do not actually have sex because they're out in
1: the open no, at this point. No, they do. I'm sorry. They don't have, but it's a danger bang. It's a danger bond.
0: Moment. It's a danger bond. It's which a danger is- makeout session.
1: <laughs> yes, which is a big deal because this, this, is what, this is what they both want. They both want Nate's. They, at some point, they come to realize it's you, and they have, and you're going to come with all this baggage. And in the middle of an operation, right? After he has asked her to drive them to the operation because she's going to get there faster, she's like,
0: "Yes, I accept you." <laughs> and then, boom! <laughs> and it was good because that bond, I think, saved her life. You know, the energy from the bomb. Because oh, yes. then the bomb goes off, and they're caught on. They're caught in it. Yes. And because he's connected to her through the mating bond, he can feed her energy in his pack. Hawk can feed him to feed her, and her pack is feeding energy. So it ended up being, you know, the best thing. But, yeah, like, that moment that she decides, like, this is the right moment to do this.
1: Good job, Nalini. Because because that, that was it's like a red herring almost. Because I was completely distracted, once again, as I always am, when oh. there's danger happening and they're about to air quotes bang. Right. And then she used that. To yeah. save their
0: lives, nicely done. Yeah, it was a good full circle moment um, because I think you know this is after we didn't talk about the the meeting the parents situation I know. with I'm Riley. Sorry. Well, I was. I mean, it's a great scene. So, so Mercy has these three younger brothers, and she has a father. And at one point, they corner Riley and like, "What are your intentions with our sister?" And then the mom is like, "Okay, we're inviting him to dinner." So they, you know, he meets the family. And he charms them. He charms the mother, and then the, an, the mother is and even Yeah, the mother is not dominant. She is, you know, submissive maternal female, but she's dominant in the house on on these four males that are, you know, in her home. And she was like, "No, this is this is what we're doing now. We're accepting him. He's fine." But because of the mating, I was just like, "Why do they even have to go through all of this?" I mean, you only get one mate, so it's not like if they didn't like him, they were going to be like, "Mercy, you can't make this guy." That that's her only shot. But it was still a nice a nice scene. It was. And we also
1: learned, um, I can't remember exactly when, but we learn that Riley both of Riley's parents were dominant. They both the lieutenant. were lieutenants in the the Snow Dancer mm-hmm. pack. And we, they both passed away protecting mm-hmm. the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Which which was a lot for him, it also added to his, and then he basically became a parent at a very young age, raising um his two siblings, and that's part of his the whole reason that he became the wall. He was constantly looking out for these two people. so it's not just mercy mm-hmm. it, this is who he is. and so she the same way that he it seemed that he was asking her to change who she was, he was asking she was asking him to change who he was,
0: right. And I mean, he had to, you know, the whole thing with with Mercy's family is like a taste of his own medicine because the way he tormented Judd, who was, mm-hmm. Judd was, and Brenna were getting together. He has some compassion now for him. He's like, I know what Judd felt because I'm going through it now, which is a nice turnaround. Uh, but he realized, you know, he had to make some shifts inside of himself if he wanted to, to keep her. And I think that that's also a good theme. Like, it, it connects to the theme you were talking about, but everybody has to you know, when you get into a relationship, make room for the other person in some way. You don't have to change the core fundamentals of who you are. Yeah. You shouldn't. But you do have to make some room for another person. Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: So uh, since we're, we're still on the, the the main plot of this story, the love story of of Mercy and Riley, after that danger bang, when they have accepted each other and their bond saves one another, Um we we get kind of a speech and praise of the villain. <laughs> a speech from um, Sasha. When she explains to them what's happened. Because Mercy, when Mercy has accepted the mating bond, she was expecting to lose her connection to Dark River. She mm-hmm. didn't. So she's looking at Riley. She's like, how's it going over there? Yeah. <laughs> Did you lose yours? Am I really the dominant? And he hasn't lost his either. And so Sasha comes over to their new house um, that's neither in either territory. um, And she explains that because Lucas and Hawk made that alliance and they have a blood bond that these two, um, the bonds are now side by side. And Sasha can see um, Mercy and then it like fades away and disappears. And she knows that it reappears on the other side. With the wolves. With the wolves.
0: Yeah, I found it was a little bit of hand wavium to get that to work. It's like, ah, and suddenly, magically, it works. I guess if we've established this blood bond idea within Lucas and his lieutenants are blood bonded, I don't know that we know how Hawk and his uh, – actually, Lucas has the sentinels. Hawk has the lieutenants. I, maybe they're blood bonded, too. And then Lucas yeah, and Hawk are blood bonded. Yeah, got blood bonded. Okay. Right. Yes. So everyone has blood bonds and how mm-hmm. it works on the psychic plane. Yeah. For me, it was just like, oh, do, 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 it <laughs> but it was. It, it, I mean, it's the only way. Like somehow they have to both be able to keep yeah. their positions in their packs for them to be happy.
1: Well, I think I think she did establish this earlier. Maybe it was I can't remember with whose book, but she 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 talks about it's
0: mate first. Yeah. Zen pack. That's true. We know that from the beginning, and mm-hmm. that's reiterated here because both Mercy and Riley to their alphas are like, you know, our mates come first and their alphas are like, absolutely. So don't ever put us in a position where we have to c- compromise our mates. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either alpha would, would do that.
1: So. Yeah. Cause before they were keeping secrets from each other that they wanted to tell each other. And then once they all realized this, they're like, okay, this is what you're, because I love this too. Like, um, when they, when Lucas and Hawk realize that they have
0: bonded, Lucas looks up and he's like, you cannot have her. Yes. <laughs>
1: she is my sense.
0: And Hawk is like, I'm your alpha now. And Mercy's like, you will never be My alpha asshole, right? Not like Hawk. I think that was actually the precipitating thing for something. She was like, "Okay, this man cannot be my alpha. Whatever we have to do Mm -hmm. is not going to work with that."
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Okay,
0: so that was a love story. (laughs) There was some other stuff happening. (laughs) There was a lot of other stuff happening in this book. So we're at book six. I feel like you know, there's a lot of balls being juggled here by Nalini Singh, and this is the first time I feel like I'm at the edge of my capacity to deal with all of these balls in the air because we have a lot of other POVs that come in there are we've talked briefly about the lynxes the lynx family and there's a subplot with them and the human alliance and then there's more caleb Krychek and the council machinations and then more oh more side kind of being controlled to yeah. to to be murderers essentially a lot happening here behind the scenes or yeah. in the other in the other plot lines Yeah. What was interesting to me,
1: though, because we got the Psy Council meetings, we've been getting those for a while. And now we've started to get the Human Alliance meetings. And I could feel a difference between those, like the Psy. And obviously, because their Psy was so calculated and so sterile and A, B, C, D, let's go. And when we were talking with the Human Alliance, it was
0: very emotional, a little bit chaotic you're feeling because a lot of humans died because they're, they're putting their mercenaries in, in the way of the changelings. And so they're getting taken out and the Psy also, but you do, even though we don't have, we don't have a lot of names for these human characters. Mm -hmm. There's the chairman and then there's this man and that man. She doesn't give us names. So we we're not connected to these people in any way, but they're connected. You feel their, their um, pain when their brethren die, you know, we're, we're given that because they are human beings. And so the council is set up every council member has a name and a personality we know a lot about the council of course it's book six we're not getting that set up with the human alliance a- aside from a few characters um like bowen who's introduced here mm-hmm. and you know a-, a couple of his people it's given shorter shrift and so i don't know in the future you know i don't have any recollection of if these characters become more important but I- so, yeah, it's it's different. There's parallels, but it's also different. And she's spending less time with it. So it leads me to believe it's not as important. Although I think the next couple of books feature humans yeah. much more prominently. So I just don't have any remem- remembrance of what's happening
1: next. It's so funny how you – I mean, you, listeners, seriously, like if you're on Goodreads, like go back and look at a book that you read 10 years ago. Like we were reading these books 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that I have forgotten about i mean my memory is so bad i I, I, would
0: not remember books i read last week but
1: i'm surprised she remembers my name every day but (laughs) (laughs) um i knew because it it was an okay so we get introduced to the notion that there is a connection between hawk and sienna lawrence
0: yes which we we've seen up until now they butt heads a lot Mm we were we're told that often this is the first time where we've realized that it's not just them butting heads. Now, Sierra is Sienna is now 18. Sienna. So we've cleared that hurdle. <laughs> no. Yeah. But other people, Riley and other characters, acknowledge that they know that Hawk and Sienna have something brewing. But Riley tells him point blank, she's too young, she's not ready yet. And Hawk is like, I oh, know, I'm not doing that. Ah. Plus, we know that Hawk, at least he believes. Right, that
1: he lost his mate when she was very young. Now we, with our romance landia senses, senses, we know what's about to go down. Yes. We're just waiting for it. So they introduce this. They, Nalini starts to introduce this notion that something is brewing between these two, and that get and following the thread of this the subplot. So we see Hawk and Sienna butt I'm gonna keep getting it wrong. Sienna. We keep we see Hawk and Sienna butt heads. Then we see Hawk and Sienna kind of getting along where she's being nice and it's freaking everybody out. Right. We also get the sense that she is going to be the apex of whatever it is that she can do. And we're not told what her combat power is. We just know. We see her standing at a wall with Sasha and there's cracks in the wall and she freaks out. She's like, I didn't mean to do that. So She's afraid know. of
0: herself. She is, and she won't but even Judd tell. Is. Yeah, she won't tell Sasha what her ability is because he's like, no one can know. It's that bad. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worse than Judd. I'm the most deadly thing that's ever been, basically. And I, I don't. I'm losing control. So that at that point, Sasha's like, oh, we have to, we have to get you out of here. Hawk is actually the problem. You have to get away from Hawk for a while because he is whatever feeling Sienna has is causing this you know, problem within her. Yeah. And at first Hawk's like, no, you can't, you, I, you can't have her. You can't take her. And they're like, no, she has to. She needs a break. And and then he relents. So they take her. And the conclusion in this book
1: of that subplot is we see Sienna go off in the woods
0: with Kit, the alpha in waiting. The leopard. Yeah. I don't know if that's a big deal or not. I mean, there's. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> you're like oh they start dating i'm like do they or is that just like a red herring here maybe they do we'll find out soon yeah but, um because we know well hey hawk doesn't believe he can ever have anybody so i don't but the feelings are there regardless regardless of if how much they know how much they're admitting to themselves other people have seen it already so it's not a secret well he they they kind of make it seem like she has a crush on him that's what he says He's like, oh, he, she'll get over her crush but well, we can we can all see. We see something going on with him, too, mm-hmm. that he's not ready to admit to himself. So Sienna goes to the leopards. No one knows who she is because the leopards don't know that she's a psi that's been living with the wolves. Only Kit knows. So she hide, she has contacts on. She dyes her hair. She pretends to be human, I think.
1: And she pretends to be human. She pretends to be um human. Clay's oh, mates.
0: Yeah. Ta- Talon. Talia. Talie. Talie. Talon, whatever okay. her name was. Like a cousin or something from. Yes. Iowa, or wherever she was from. Yeah. So yeah, she's in hiding. She has to stay close to her family because of the Lauren net. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what's going to happen with Kit and and that whole situation. Like, is it setting up Hawk versus Kit, I, which is not even a thing? <laughs> I'm thinking about that now. The Lauren net. Can you imagine having you can't go too far from your family, right? Because you oh, have a cool. psychic network. I mean, because they're just so small, I feel like they have to have some kind of proximity. Mm. Yeah. So speaking of family, we see Nikita. We get some POVs
1: from Nikita. And she right. is pretending to be it. She's sneaking around pretending to be a human in this bookstore where she is buying this book that, yeah. then, that then turns
0: up at Sasha and Lucas's house. She sends it to Sasha. And in her POV, she's like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for power. So I've always wondered if Nikita does harbor some maternal instincts for her daughter. We're led to believe she doesn't. But I think that the arc of the series and I obviously I don't remember what happens next <laughs> might be. and Sasha definitely, you know is still connected to her mother because this is the first time oh no some okay, she, she gets this book from her mother. she can't even look at it because she's so she's so hurt. Then later on she finds that the humans are trying to kill all the counselors. So they warn Nikita and all the other counselors. And Sasha has to call her mother. It's the first time she's spoken to her since she was basically exiled. And it becomes this emotional moment for Sasha. And it becomes the swooniest moment of the book, I think. Because Sasha has had this, you know, heart-wrenching brief conversation with her, her mother. Lucas immediately knows that something's wrong. He's like, I feel you. Something's wrong. What happened? And she's like, I need you. And he's racing there, but he sends Dorian until he can get there. Dorian shows up to give her, you know, to touch because changelings, even though she's not changeling, but to give her some support. And then Lucas comes in and is just like swoops her up, and he just knows exactly what she needs. It is the spooniest thing ever. I loved it. Yeah, it was. It was a delight. Um,
1: there's one thing that I forgot to mention about um mercy and riley that i absolutely loved in this book you know how a lot of times in a sex scene like the the guy will take the woman with leaving just her high heels on oh yeah and riley loves to take mercy with just her combat boots on <laughs> and yes such a wonderful detail and that's a kink <laughs> yes that is the new
0: kink leave your boots on <laughs> Leave your boots
1: on <laughs> But then my logical brain is like, oh, my gosh, she's going to get dirt on the bed sheets.
0: But also, there's a lot of times when they just shred their clothes off. That's true. And then, like, how do they, I mean, I guess they just turn to their animals and go back home. But they go through a lot of clothes mm-hmm. in these packs. I, I hope they own a, a store or a manufacturer or something to get a discount. Because <laughs> she was naked with just her boots on. So she's going to have to lose those boots and, and change into a leopard to get anywhere if she's not walking around naked. God. This is the practical side of my brain when someone does something like right? shred off your clothes in the middle of the woods to have sex. Like, uh. okay. <laughs> I, I paid money for those things.
1: Okay. I know we got around that <laughs> loopsy doopsy kind of way, but I just had to talk about all the dominance play in this book. But I think we covered we backtracked and covered all of the subplots as well. I don't think we've missed anything. The
0: book that that uh, Nikita gives Sasha is a book about oh. Esai written by Alice Eldridge. And I believe she becomes important later on, although I didn't read those books. So um, yeah, it's by I, I think it's a human researcher from a hundred years ago and when they were before silence. So, because one of the other points is that Sasha, her powers are growing, but there's no other Esai that she can go to for information to help her. So she's just kind of running blind And for some reason, Nikita gives her this book on Isai. So to me, that's like, okay, Nikita says she's doing it for power, but is it really out of love for her daughter and helping her? Or both, you know, maybe she thinks by helping her in the future, there is some benefit that she could get. The other thing we learn is that council member Tatiana has been pulling the strings on the human alliance this whole time. She's under the radar. She lives somewhere in Australia. So she's physically very distant. And nobody knows a lot about her. Like no one's even seen her apparently. I think they said they say that at some point. And just kind of one of the last chapters is like Tatiana was mind controlling the human alliance people to do this whole plot because she wanted to kill all the other counselors and take all control. We know that Henry, another council member, was behind the mind controlled Psy who were going crazy because he wanted to reinforce silence. Like counselors are doing things on the side. Caleb has got some secret tattoo that we don't know. <laughs> And we're not—we're introduced to that here. I'm sure it'll be important oh, later. He says
1: something. I can't remember this. He says something because I'm. know. Okay,
0: it was. Um, he says something along the lines of, "This isn't my house." Like people think yeah. it's my house, and and we don't. there's a, another mystery there. He's keeping some secrets. Something about this house that he lives at—that's not his—that he's protecting. Yeah. We're just. She's just foreshadowing, dropping seeds that are going to sprout in the future. But it's a lot. There are a lot of them that happen, and I mean, we're reading these relatively quickly every every two weeks or so. So hopefully, we'll hold it in our brain. <laughs> thinking of if you're reading these books a year apart or something, like, ooh, yeah, it's a lot happening. But I did love Riley and Mercy. I, I like them as a couple. I like them individually. I like the story that kind of the stakes being the dominance and yeah the the um the way that they have to find that common ground, and it was just a you know a good relationship. It feels very strong, yeah
1: yeah. I one thousand percent agree this was another great entry. definitely not like there's been a bad entry. no,
0: no <laughs> but I, I would put this couple somewhere at the high middle high of my couples if I was writing them, which I don't know that I am, but i did I did enjoy them. So, Ms. Leslie, is there any other
1: books that you're reading currently or lately that is also kind of scratching an itch?
0: Well, you could say that. I randomly picked up this book and I started reading it. And by the time I got to about 36%, I texted Inez and our other friends, mm-hmm. Cerise, like, y'all need to read this book. Oh, I need to talk about it with you. It is completely batshit, but in the best possible way. It's an experience. <laughs> I need you to read this now. Inez is not in the mood at the moment to read it, but I did convince our friend Cerise to read this book. And this book is called Passion by Lisa Valdez. It is not a new book. I, again, I came across I it, really it was new, it it was from 2005, I believe. It's quite old. It's apparently I was going through the Goodreads uh reviews. Good it's reading. a love it or hate it a love it or hate it type of situation. There's a lot of hate, but there's a lot of love. And I, I get why, because I experienced all of those emotions while reading this book. Leslie, what is this book about? This book is about, it's historical fiction. So I think it's Regency era. I think they mentioned that, but you know, I, I'm not good with era. It's
1: historical fiction. Did you actually meet historical erotica?
0: It is historical erotica. Is it erotica? No, I want erotic romance, maybe. There's a lot of sex. It is high, high, high heat historical romance it's another first chapter bang first chapter bang every other chapter bang there's a (laughs) lot more banging than you might be used to in a historical romance because she does away with I mean there's a notion of okay first okay (laughs) heroine is a widow okay so that gives her some more freedom she had a very bad marriage but it was relatively short so That gives her a little bit more sexual freedom in this world. But Valdez does away with the notion that women should not have premarital sex or extramarital sex. There is some, you know, uh, regret, some, because the heroine is the daughter of a vicar. So her her father is a clergyman. But she meets this man at this museum, uh, the Crystal Palace. They, he helps her that something falls. He grabs her. He immediately grabs her boob for some reason, like love it or hate it. And then within the few minutes, they find a screen behind which to have sex in the middle of this public place. And then they meet there every day and have sex. And he's exceptionally well-endowed, like ridiculously well-endowed. And that is a big part of the story.
1: It's a big part of the story. Nice one.
0: <laughs> no pun intended. I just, I didn't do that. In she
1: pun. intended the pun.
0: It's a very large part of the story. <laughs> and it is very, it is described in great detail love it or hate it, or both, as I did, I think that you should read this book. I I recommend it to any romance reader who, and if you read the first chapter, and it's not for you, fair. But if you can get past that, (laughs) you'll be well rewarded by prose that is so, dare I say, purple. And I, I'm recommending this book. So I am not, I am not, <laughs> taking anything away from ms valdez for her her wordsmithing it is an experience that is all i will say about that i recommend it
1: i'm currently tapped out at i think chapter three i i might tap back in i was overwhelmed
0: it's overwhelming
1: <laughs> I was overwhelmed
0: the endowment <laughs> is
1: overwhelming the
0: endowment just the um
1: I'm, I ha- I. don't yet like either I haven't found a reason to like the characters yet the sex jarred me <laughs> yeah. it's. it felt like two strangers and I felt like the third stranger and I was like I don't even know your name they don't know each other's
0: names <laughs> they don't know each other's names told like they have sex for two or three times like oh my I- gosh. <laughs> maybe more yeah and then there's obsession there's all the swoony love romance things there is a story that honestly i was skimming past to get back to the other scenes but then it becomes meatier and it's a great conflict all the way to the end there's so much done well with this book okay i'm gonna stop i'm stopping but like if you can get past keep, try a little bit more and i get it you're not in the mood that's fair we all have to be in the mood for this type of experience
1: but that's but that's really interesting because mood mood i'm I'm, i didn't realize how much of a mood reader i am because like i i don't remember reading um mercy and riley's book the last i have have no memory yeah um Mm -hmm. and that happened again this week for me i a friend of mine was gushing about joanna bourne's the spy master's lady and the way she was gushing about it on Facebook, I was like, oh my gosh, let me go and grab this book. They were like, oh my gosh, you haven't read this book? I was like, no, I haven't read this book. I'm going to go get this book right now. And I go over to Goodreads. <laughs> was like, oh, 2003 or something like that. Wrote, and I had already read this book. Yeah, and I was, I, well, I had um, originally, this was th- in 2020.
0: Okay. That's not even that long had, ago.
1: Yeah. I had grabbed this book in 2020 and and my original thoughts were amazingly written. The way Bourne writes tension and action is literally breathtaking, but this is true action adventure. One twisty turn, perilous jam after another. In fact, it was too much action for me and I was missing the love story. So I DNF'd at 41%. I read that and I had, and I started to read this book and I have absolutely no memory whatsoever of the first forty-one
0: percent of this book, none. I mean, when you read as many books as we do, it's—I don't think it's possible to remember things you I mean, even three years ago. <laughs> but here's the thing, I because I'm I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay,
1: I don't want. I also didn't want to be like the odd man out because all my friends are like, this book is amazing, and so I'm like, when you get to forty-one percent, push through. And this time reading this book, I, I zipped through this book oh, in wow. like a day and a half. Okay. A day and a half and I was completely enthralled. Mm. So it's just it's just fascinating to me how I've how my, my mind changed like 3 years later where I'm just I couldn't stop. Yeah. So I'm
0: just guessing 3 years ago I just wasn't in the mood. Right. And that's happened to me too like <laughs> i don't want to commit heresy for our listeners who love uh fantasy romance but the first time i read akatar a court of thorns and roses i dnf'd i didn't have to No. everybody stop no because
1: miss leslie has gotten on me because this that is not that book is just not my cup of tea
0: because you haven't haven't read read it. it but you didn't tell me that you DNF the first I time? I did tell you that. I tried to read it twice and didn't get through it either time. And then the third time was the charm. And then I read everything. So I was like, if you get past the first book, get to the second book, then you will want to read the next five, six, oh, however <laughs> But like, I can see why, first of all, that's a whole other conversation that we don't need to start right now. There are reasons why it might not be your cup of tea. And I know exactly why. But if you get to the second book, it becomes all of the tea that you want to to consume.
1: And I I believe you. I one thousand percent believe you. I just don't think you should break those rules. Fair, fair. We could have a whole conversation we about breaking though. rules. We I don't know. Is the acarator hive like the beehive? If they're like the beehive, we're we're editing this out. <laughs> we <We're> can <staying, we're
0: laughs> stay. far far away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because yeah. I, Writing about the abuser as the hero, and then the hero in the second book—I—I
0: I, I can't wrap my mind around that. She's doing something different, and people—people people love it, yeah. And I get it—the the breaking of the rules is difficult, but she only does it in the first book of this of this series so far that I've read. So. Well, let
1: me finish reading the big dick book first. <laughs> And then we'll see if I can make my way
0: back to Akatar. How about we'll that, see. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. You have to be in the mood. We have to figure out what mood it is right. that you can handle. <laughs> Akatar.
1: Oh, listeners, listeners, listeners! Yeah, this is this is normal conversation <laughs> <laughs> between me and Leslie. And you're welcome. But I hope that you guys are reading something amazing. Well, hey, come and tell us about it. You can always come over to um the spotify or the apple podcast and leave us a rating and review and you can chat with us about what you're reading especially if you're looking watching on youtube you can leave us a comment there we would love for you to do that as well as we would love for you to share this with a friend who
0: loves romance And if you're reading along with us, you can always check out our book schedule on our website, inkandmagic.net, so that you can follow along and have part of the conversation with us. (laughs) If you dare. If you dare. (laughs) And we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.